Hey out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to the 109th episode of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Mac B, the Wolf. And I will be joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Gary Action Jackson, on the East Coast of America. And I hope everybody had a wonderful Hanukkah and Christmas. It was pretty chill around here. It actually didn't go anywhere or do much of anything. And gosh, what a blessing that is after a crazy year of moving a few times and trying to assimilate to Amsterdam, a new language, a new culture. It was good to be able to just chill out a little bit and reflect and relax a little bit. And I hope that you were able to do some of the same out there. I also hope that you tuned in to episode number 108 featuring our interview with Jim Cregan, who was a longtime collaborator with Rod Stewart. And of course, he has a new Christmas single, When a Child is Born, that benefits Angel Force USA to help veterans who are struggling with their mental health. And I, I hope you gave a listen to that and maybe checked out Angel Force USA to see uh, the good work that they're doing there. But to wrap up the year here, last year we kind of did a year in review, rock records and people who passed away and things like that. But I thought this year, because so many changes happened for Ugly American Werewolf, I mean, we had a lot of milestones this year, right? Hit our 100th episode. Uh, we moved to Pantheon Podcast, which is a brilliant, brilliant group of podcasters from really around the world, but certainly concentrated in the USA and mostly focused on music. There's really something in there for everybody. And we're just really proud to be part of that fraternity, you know, and, and proud of the, the folks who we had on our show or who uh, we've been on their show, you know, like the founder of Pantheon Podcast, Christian Swain, uh, who's uh, got a great show called Rock and Roll Archaeology, like Tom and Zeus, the Kiss Kings themselves of Shout It Out Loudcast, like Paul Stevenson of This Day Rocks and Vintage Rock Pod, like Jay at The Hook Rocks, like Christy. Uh, at Rock Is Lit. Great shows and great folks. And we're going to talk a little bit about them on this show here today because we're going to walk through uh, all the highlights of, of, of everyone we spoke to this year, the, the albums, the concerts, the podcasters, the artists. And so it's not super long, but we actually broke it down into two shows. So this is the first show we're going to have where we're going to talk about all our guests who are podcasters or journalists who've been on the show to talk about maybe something that they were selling or to talk about a band or an album that we really wanted to review. And then we're going to talk about all the concerts that we finally got to go to. Because, yeah, after two years of sitting inside from COVID and waiting for certain tours to happen, finally we got to get out and do that. And we're not just talking about one or two shows. Jax and I went to almost a dozen shows between the two of us. We made episodes about those shows, and some of them were so much fun. And we just kind of wanted to review all that here with you and give you a chance to maybe go back and listen to some of those in case you missed them earlier this year. And then for next week's show, which will become show number 110, we're going to talk about all the artists that we had on this year, which is a real thrill for us. Look, we love rock music. Other than our families, it's the one thing we love more than anyone or anything. And that's kind of why we started this podcast, was so that we can talk to each other about the music that we love, about albums we like or have discovered or have had shoved down our throats and like, okay, maybe we need to check these out. We just talk about rock and roll between the two of us 
on a weekly basis. And then we were hoping, well, maybe one day we'll get to talk to some people who we love, some of the artists that have made this amazing music, and ask them some questions, maybe some questions we've always wanted to ask them. So when you start a podcast, you start to put a list together of some of the people who you'd like to talk to, and there's some that might be a stretch, and there's some that you know you're never going to get on the show, but there's some of you thinking, hey, it'd be great if we can get her on. It'd be wonderful if we get him onto the show. Uh, and so some of that came to fruition in 2022. And we definitely want to share that with you. But so we don't have a two and a half hour program for you. We're going to break that up a little bit. And this week, we're going to focus on all of our podcast guests and all the concerts that we got to review. And another amazing thing that happened to us in 2022 is we became sponsored. We found an incredible sponsor in the UK, rarevinyl.com, who have been procuring and shipping records all over the world for nearly 40 years here. I've been to their warehouse, I've been to their offices. They have an amazing team down there taking great care to find all these old records or programs or singles or CDs or DVDs or whatever it is you're looking for, posters taking care of them, and then shipping them all over the world. They've got a five-star rating from Trustpilot. They've got a quarter of a million items in stock. And if you use the code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you can get 10% off not only that first order, but all your orders going forward. So if you're a record collector in the UK, in Europe, in the US, in Japan, wherever you might be, Australia, go to rarevinyl.com or eil.com. Use the code PODCAST, save 10% off all your orders, and we had a great year with Rare Vinyl, so proud that they sponsored us. Okay, like I said, we would have to do two and a half hours to get through everything on the year in review here, but on this first one, we want to focus on the guests we've had, the fellow podcasters, some journalists, writers, people like that on, and then we're going to talk about the concerts that turned us on, that we finally got to go see, including some bands that I never thought I'd see again, like the Rolling Stones, some bands that I'm seeing for the first time, like Duran Duran, my first trip to Royal Albert Hall, a lot of fun stuff to talk about, Jackson's first trip to see the Colt in years. We're really happy that live music is back, and we're really happy we were able to talk about it on the show here. So settle in, this is me and Jackson on the 2022 Year in Review of the Ugly American Werewolf in London, right here on The Wolf. So, you know, last year, at the end of the year, we did kind of a, a year of view to kind of talk about albums we liked, stuff that happened, you know, in the world of rock and roll and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I thought this year it'd be good to kind of reflect on the year of the Ugly American Werewolf in London. Like the shows we've done, you know, the guests that we've had, because 2022 was a real pivotal year for us, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Like, I mean, yeah. most of... The first year was us trying to figure out what are we doing? How do we do this? <laughs> How do we get a guest on? You know, all that kind of stuff. But this year, we did a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff between the topics you and I chose, between the fact that we got to see each other on both continents, you mm-hmm. know, this year, between we had, we, uh, we became a part of Pantheon podcast, which was huge for us. We got a killer sponsor, and I want to talk about them a little bit. But then we had a lot of great guests, both, you know, podcaster and and I guess you'd call journalists, writer types. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, musicians, people who we really admire and and have loved over the years. And some of you just kind of gotten to know more recently. But it was really kind of a, 
us taking the next step, really pushing it forward and pushing the boundaries of what we want to do with our little show here. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. This this was the year we kind of really stepped out into our own, uh, figured out how to do the the audio a little better. And my memory is just Swiss cheese because I was looking back through the episodes. I'm like, wow, we did a lot of stuff this year. Like it starts to get mashed up between 2021 and 2022. And some stuff that we, I thought we had done a couple of weeks ago was really back. Like we talked to to Sonny back in like August. August, I know. Wasn't that like two weeks ago? No. So it, it is, it's fun to go back and reflect. And yet yeah, to, to think about the number of guests that we had this year versus last year, it's it's insane. The people that we got to talk to. It's crazy. And it's so much fun. You know? And mm-hmm. we didn't miss a week, man. We did not miss the show this week, Correct. this year, you know? Yeah. Um, which, I'm pretty proud of it. It's not like we didn't have obstacles or things that would have prevented us from doing it though, or, or putting one out there, you know. But I mean to give you some uh to give you some some numbers, just because I like stats, we did do 52. This will be our 52nd show of the year. So mm-hmm. one week, you know, uh proud of that. We started the year with uh Van Halen. The first album and interestingly enough you know about almost a year later you know about 50 weeks later we did we did diver down and then the, the last interview we did on show 108 is jim cregan uh, who's mm. on last week amazing guitar player and songwriter who played with rod stewart many many years has that great christmas single when a child was born but we did okay so we did 29 album reviews 29 different albums Okay. That we reviewed this year. And sometimes we would do two once, or sometimes we would do an album in addition to an interview, like we did mm-hmm. with Jeff Downs and Post to the Edge. Sometimes we would review an album with a guest, you know, like we did with Honor Rock Percival, Gentle Giant, or we did with Amanda Lehman, who basically walked track by track through her own mm-hmm. album, Innocence and Illusion. Mm-hmm. So we reviewed 29 different records. We did, we had 11 different podcasts. And we'll call them journo journalist types on the show to do album reviews with us or to talk about uh, different things. Uh, and we'll get into some of those here. We reviewed, we did 10 shows on live concerts. Uh, and technically we did 12 different concerts because sometimes we would double up because I'd seen the show and you'd seen the show that week. And so right. we kind of did them together mm-hmm. and, and we'll kind of go through the list of those, but we had nine shows where we interviewed artists. And of course, you know, the first one was Amanda Lehman back in January. And, uh, and of course, Amanda is a very talented singer, songwriter, guitar player, all right. Came to know her through her work with Steve Hackett. Uh, but she had her own uh, album, Innocence Illusion, which made my top five list of 2021. And I invited her to come on the show. She was uh, happy to do it. And she actually came back again uh, to promote a single that she did, One Last Spin. But when we first started a little more than two years ago, we did dream about getting some of these folks on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how, I wouldn't say how serious we were, but it's more like how much we really thought it would happen. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. It's two different things. We were dead serious. I absolutely. just didn't know if we could actually make it happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely what we wanted. And we believe right. we would do a good job if we if we got them on. Well, that's but, why, like when you when you said uh that Amanda was gonna come on, I'm like, really? Okay. Well, I didn't think this was ever gonna happen. But yeah, let's put together some questions because we have to sound semi intelligent here when we talk to her. And you talk about sound quality. 
obviously I was living in London at the time. And I, I, look, I live in a very nice block, but it's a block that's, you know, hundreds of years old. So there's mm-hmm. constantly construction going on, whether it's <laughs> someone renovating a house or, you know, we had a bad flood in the summer of 2021. And some people were still rebuilding after that. Or maybe they're just ripping up the street, and putting in, you know, cable wire and then, you know, putting it back together, you know. So that day I went to the front of the house where I usually recorded and they were mm-hmm. junk hammering, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to do it in the front of the house. So I go to the back of the house. Well, back there they were, you know, uh, uh, they were grilling and sawing because they were repairing. But like, oh, this is horrible. So then I go into the bathroom to, you know, okay, I can get quieter. But the echo was so horrible. <laughs> But, you know, it, we would sound like, you know, complete fool. So I'm like, oh, God, we finally get an artist on someone I admire, someone I really want to talk to people. We're going to sound like such fools. Basically, we just got lucky that the guys out front were taking a lunch break. And, I, and right. we, we, we had a great sound and we had a great time talking to a man. But those are just yeah, some she, of the, the ups and downs of it, you know? Yeah. And she was very gracious uh, for two guys who were basically just still learning the ropes and this being the first, I think she was the first actual interview that we had done with an artist. So yeah, I was very nervous. I thought it turned out great. And she was just absolutely, to be the first one out of the gate, absolutely delightful to talk to. Wonderful. You know, and of course I was certain that I was going to be able to see her with Steve as they toured on Seconds Out and, mm. uh, oh, and, and kind of wrapped up that tour. And then I had, well, I did see them on Seconds Out. And then they were going to do Foxtrot at 50, which they did. They started this fall. They will continue into next year. I had tickets to see them. But of course, we moved to Amsterdam. So I had to give those tickets up, unfortunately. Speaking of tickets, I might have to give up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Amsterdam. I'm like, great. Amsterdam's a major city. We're going to have some big concerts. I'm going to be here a couple of years. Who's coming? Well, so I load up. I get good seats to see Roger Waters on his farewell tour. Mm. Metallica announces the coolest tour I've ever heard in my life. They're doing two nights in a city, two nights in two two shows in three nights, two completely different set lists. They do not repeat the same song at all on those two nights. Yep. The tour goes for two years. <sighs> Amsterdam is the first night. I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to see them. We're going to do a show on it. It's going to do great ratings because no one will, will have seen them yeah. live yet. You know, we'll be the first. Well, now you're moving to America. Like, yeah, well, maybe I'll <laughs> use some frequent flyer miles. Come on back for that weekend because I'm not missing that. Got Peter Gabriel tickets, you know, which is his first tour of Europe in more than a decade. And I was going to take my daughter. Yeah. But like, this will complete Genesis for me, right? Because I saw Phil and Tony and Mike. Mm-hmm at the O2 this year, you know, for one of for their second to last ever show. I've seen Steve Hackett compromise. This completes Genesis. Well, maybe not. I don't know if I'm going to fly all the way back to that. You know, obviously you and I are going to see Iron Maiden both in Amsterdam and Brussels, and we're keeping that. Can't wait for that. That is going to be fantastic. That's going to be awesome. But now I need to book some more hotel rooms and book my own flight and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you the thing that really, that really kind of pissed me off. Oh, boy. Yeah. That morning, the morning I found out we're probably going to move back to, like the night that we find, that I find out we're probably going to move back to America. That morning, I bought tickets to see Kiss in Amsterdam for my daughter <laughs> for Christmas. And it's a mm-hmm. week after her birthday. Oh, and this, this was going to be her big Christmas present. Like, I told you it probably wasn't going to happen again, but 
one more time mm-hmm. because because the first time I took her, she loved it, but she was four and she yeah. couldn't she couldn't get through the whole show. The mm-hmm. second time she was five, it was really only about six months or four months later. And she was overly tired and she just couldn't take it. I'm like, you know what? We're in London where I'm just going to take her home. And if they come back yeah. around, I'll take her when she's older. Well, now she's older. She can do it. And the day that I got him, I said, okay, yeah, you're not going to live here now. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? What a bunch <laughs> of bullshit. <laughs> but I might fly her back for it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've accumulated a lot of miles. I, I ran up some points on my American mm-hmm. Express, so. I, I might consider it. Yeah. Hi, this is Steve Hackett, and you're listening to The Ugly American Werewolf in London. So what would you like to talk about first? You want to talk about shows? You want to talk about... I was thinking we do guests, shows, and then artists. Yeah, sounds good. That all good? Yeah. Because I, I think I asked you to do with like your top 10 shows, but then I tried to do that. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. You know, I, I can't... Yeah. I can't separate this. And how can I say that I was, you know, happier to talk to Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp than I was to talk to Jeff Dallas? Like, it, that doesn't, you know, how can I say that? Yeah, it, it really it really is like asking you, you know, which one is your favorite kid? They were all, I don't think we had a bad interview. Exactly. And I, it was just, it was great to talk to every single one of them. Absolutely. And and I won't go through every single show and, and every single album mm-hmm. that we reviewed, but I mm-hmm. do want to talk about all of our guests the shows that we were able to see and review, and absolutely, you know, every artist that we had on there, and we can talk about maybe a couple of special moments, but okay, but uh, but let's start to walk through it. I'm gonna kind of do these in orders because that's how I wrote them down. But starting at the beginning of the year, we had on, I believe, Neil from Def Let Pod was our first repeat guest, right? We, we had him on in 2021 to talk yeah. hysteria with us, and then on episode 60, we talked about the Beatles. Get back because the documentary had come out at the end of the year, and he's a liver Pudlian who you know had the Beatles shut down his throat his life. And <laughs> but it was such an amazing documentary. I wanted to not only talk about it with you, but to get an English person's perspective and mm-hmm. someone who grew up in Liverpool, I thought would be a good idea. And it, it was a great show, it was a fun talk. Yeah, it was interesting to hear his point of view from somebody who, like you said, he grew up around the Beatles, but admittedly he was never a big Beatles fan right uh, only because you know I don't think he really ever gave him a chance because everybody was like oh well you know they're the best band in the world you know they're they're the greatest thing that's ever happened no one will ever top that and if it's not from your generation you're always going to say well you don't know anything but to hear him to say that he went through the the documentary and just got a better feel for them Mm-hmm. And, and maybe maybe he didn't become a super huge fan, but definitely got more of a reverence and enjoyed watching it. It was pretty cool to get his perspective. Absolutely, you know, and it was an amazing cultural touchstone, I think, for mm-hmm. so many people of so many different ages. Right, this Beatles right. documentary to kind of show them, you know, in their element there, and, and you know, it's like George was like twenty five. <laughs> Or 26, maybe, mm-hmm. at the time. And you think, oh, well, they're so old and mature. They've done all these things and made all this money. They were still kids, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. And, uh, and to watch them go through the creative process 
was pretty it was pretty excellent too. I mean, now it's been you know years and years and years, and you've heard the records a million times, but this was them actually thinking of the music and putting it together. It was a great kind of a window into how that worked, and the fact that they cut down I don't know what was it, like a hundred and something hours yeah to do that it, that was a massive feat also. So kudos to Peter Jackson for making uh making something that even though it was what like ten hours long altogether yeah very watchable. Yeah. Yeah, and and interesting from start to finish. Absolutely, you know, fantastic. And it wasn't the only movie that we reviewed. We did review the Ronnie James Dio, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a documentary uh, later in the year. So I think that might be something we do more of next year. You know, okay, yeah, because we did rush uh, like the, you know, their concert movie, whatever we done that in, in twenty twenty one. But hopefully, there'll be more opportunities to to do some of those things. And, Obviously, review records. We could review movies, especially sure. if they have a good maybe it's a documentary or they have a good music time. You know? mm-hmm. uh, now, Neil is a huge Def Leppard fan, obviously, and our guest on show number sixty-three, Chris from My Rock and Roll Heaven, he may be the biggest Def Leppard fan in all of Canada, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a great guest. That he loves music from that kind of late eighties hard rock, hair metal, mm-hmm. or you know time period and he's a real expert on it now and uh he he used to have a great show in his own right i think he's working on something new but he this is the first time we actually got him on twice so show 63 was us talking about guns and roses appetite for destruction on Mm its 35th anniversary or thereabouts but we got him back later in the year on episode 91 because you know he like you went to the stadium tour and got to see Def Leppard with Motley Crue, with Poison, with Joan Jett. And although we already heard your review of the stadium tour, I thought it was cool to get his perspective, not only because he's such a huge fan and he's seen them so many times, but also because he did see them indoors, you know, because the, the Toronto, whatever they call that, the Rogers Center, whatever yeah, it's the called. Yeah, Sky Dome. Yeah, that's right. It has the retractable roof, which they put up. Uh, so that kind of changes the element. Yeah. And it was interesting too, because we're, we're, we're kind of on the same page with a lot of stuff. We're also not, I mean, I, he is a big poison fan and was mm-hmm. excited to see them. Whereas I went and saw it and said, well, you know, if they're there, I'll watch them. But if they weren't there, that wouldn't hurt my feelings either. Exactly. So yeah, somebody who was actually excited to, to see them perform and yeah, just to get another take on it where it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's similar, but there's also a lot of stuff that's different. I, uh, like you said, he's into the a lot into the hair metal of the the late '80s, early '90s, and I know he loves to he loves to collect cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> relive those glory days of the the Alpine in the '82 Honda or wherever you were driving around at that time. <laughs> well, I think he'll 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 collect anything with Leopard on it. He'll collect a reel to reel or an eight track, you know. <laughs> He's uh, a super guy, and as most mm-hmm. Canadians are, very nice. Uh, and he's very knowledgeable about all that kind of stuff, has great facts. And, you know, check out Rock These Tweets, at Rock These Tweets. He's got a lot of, you know, on this day kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it's a little, you know, weighted toward Canada or Canadian types of artists, but that's okay. You know, it, it's a great way to learn about bands that we might not know. Of. Yeah. The other thing that he does uh, a lot that I like is he, he posts the charts. You know, mm-hmm. on this day in, you know, 1993 or whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember that song. And I can't believe that didn't chart higher or it 
was higher than I thought it was. It's just interesting to go into the time machine and you, there's stuff that you definitely remember, but there's also stuff that you've forgotten. And it's a good way to kind of refresh your memory and maybe listen to some stuff that you've forgotten about. Well, what's amazing to me is I'm sure with charts from like 1983, I'm like, oh my God, I remember all these albums. Mm-hmm. I remember all these songs. Show me a chart from 2003. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I don't remember any of this. You know, none of this stuff is timeless. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, boomer, yeah, you're old. But it makes me wonder because we bought those albums and then we would listen to the heck out of them. And we'd go right. to a friend's house and they would have the albums we didn't have. But kids today who don't own it and maybe they download it, they stream it, does it resonate with them? Are they going to look back when they're in their 40s, you know, to stuff when they were 10 years old, whenever they were getting into music and say, oh, yeah, I remember all this stuff? And they'd be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, none of this looks familiar. I can't imagine because it's just it's so disposable now. You don't really get that kind of relationship. It's whatever's hot, and then the next thing comes along, and you forget about thing one because you're on to the next thing. Whereas, like you said, if you bought it, oh no, I'm holding on to that with both hands, and I'm going to listen to it till it falls apart. Yeah, even if you don't like it, all you yeah. listen to it over <laughs> and over again because you spend your whole month's allowance on the damn tape. You know, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he did a great job running through uh, Appetite for Destruction. But I say, you and I had a little bit of a disagreement on, you know, what was your favorite song and what was my least favorite song? <laughs> Which actually, it, it, it's good because it, you don't want, you know, hell, I think that's great. Hey, I think that's great, too. That's my favorite. It's my favorite, too. You know, if you get a little bit of, uh, a little bit of not disagreement, but different points of view, I think yeah. it makes it a little more interesting. Yeah, and that's why I like to have guests on too, because you and I are fairly alive. It's not like mm-hmm. we both love the same stuff and we always agree. But the reason we talk about a record is because we both like it a lot. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was show 63 with Chris. And then again, uh, show 91, when we did uh, the stadium tour with him. Show 67 was someone who reached out to us who we did not know, who has since become a dear friend. And that's Christy Alexander Holmberg. Ah, uh, yes. Author yes. of Searching for Jimmy Page, mm-hmm. now host of Pantheon podcast, Rock is Lit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're shocked to authors who have written books about rock music. And she was good enough to, to have us on her show to talk about Dazed and Confused, the Richard Linklater classic, with maybe one of the best soundtracks, two soundtracks <laughs> ever. But having Chrissy on to talk about her book, and to talk a little bit about Jimmy Page's Outrider album, because that's kind of at the time it was set, and it was something that was influential to her. But it's just cool to find a, a kindred spirit, someone with a lot of energy, a lot of passion about Zeppelin and, and rock music. Yeah, and and that is probably my most favorite thing about doing this podcast, is meeting people like that, somebody you would never talk to. I mean, she doesn't live anywhere near us. She's She's a writer, and we are not big readers <laughs> but but to meet somebody like sure. that yeah <laughs> putting it mildly to to meet somebody like that and, and to just have that instant like friendship and kinship and yeah it was great to talk to her get her perspective on you know jimmy page who was huge for the two of us mm-hmm. and it, it's interesting because when you think of led zeppelin you you don't think of women a lot you think of like you know it's it's a it's for guys and you know, hard rock just yeah, exactly yeah. correct and to hear her say how much she loved you know to listen to the records and what a big part of her life uh it was it was great to to get that perspective and then get to to kind of go forward with that go on her podcast and talk about another thing that we really loved which was dazed and confused that's right 
and we'll definitely be having her back in in, in 2023 uh, at Absolutely. least once you know mm-hmm. uh, we would gladly do her show anytime she asks and i'm kind of hopeful that maybe one day we can all meet up especially if i'm coming back home right you know i don't know when that opportunity might present itself but uh we'll, we'll see we'll see but you know wonderful person and a fun mm-hmm. show check out rocky's lit now not too long after that show number 70 uh, we kind of did a double header one we had amanda layman back to talk about her charity single one last spin which is talking about gambling awareness mm-hmm. uh, which i think is a good cause but we also had rock journalists and sell on you know talking about difficulties of being you know a woman in this industry but also kind of learning and teaching us about some of the festivals she goes to because everybody knows classic right everybody knows download uh, but she's talking about smaller festivals to, to try to get to you know more unknown bands try to lift them up and i thought that was a that was a cool show to be able to do two women in rock yeah yeah definitely it was great to talk to amanda again that was uh the day that that went down i was in london we had spent the day together i think the previous day mm-hmm. he said well we'll meet up again and so i was doing the math in my head and i'm on the tube thinking I don't think I have enough time. I think I'm going to be late to this because you got to do the transfer. Then I get to the station and I'm booking it down uh, <laughs> down Abbey Road to try and get to your place and right. show up like five minutes before she's supposed to be on there. But that worked out well. It was great to talk to Amanda again. And it was great to talk to to Anna about you know her experiences going through that. You know, it, you'd think that journalists are you know, welcomed into these things, but sometimes not. Sometimes it's rough and sometimes the festivals are, they're not super greatly organized or put together. And, and mm-hmm. she, she has a, she has a passion and if, if she's going to get it done, she's going to get in there. She's going to get the interviews. She's going to tough it out. And it, it was, it's great to hear somebody talk about having a profession. That's also their passion. Well, and that's what I really like too, because she, you know, she wasn't always a rock journalist, you know, she had done other things and worked in, in another industry. And like, I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of say, well, I'd really rather be talking about rock music with my buddy Garrett, you know, it's, can we shift gifts? Can we make this happen? Somehow he gave me hope that you can still, you don't have to be sucked into that corporate vortex of soulless, <laughs> you know, slavery you could actually do something you love and and so she's an inspiration to a lot of people and she's got killer hair yeah (laughs) sometimes it's pink sometimes it's purple but it's always amazing Uh, definitely definitely looks the part she's going all in with the uh, the rock and roll lifestyle yeah she's awesome she's awesome uh and she she's written about uh she's written in lots of different publications working on Mm -hmm. a lot of cool stuff for 2023 but now skipping forward to episode 76 this is one that we really had been hoping for for a long time um and that's having the kiss kings number one kiss podcast (laughs) on the planet tom and zeus from shout it out loudcast look i you and i both didn't listen to many podcasts before we decided to do a podcast but mm-hmm. then once I got into doing a podcast, I'm like, right, well, I got to listen to some good ones. Right? And and one that I liked was the Rock on Tours with uh, Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp, very right. big in England. We'll come back to that. But one that I found that I absolutely loved was the Shout Out Loud cast because these mm-hmm. guys seem to be about our age. And it turns out they are. We're in the exact same grade. Yeah. And so they grew up the same time. They all the same cultural references, same movies, same music, all that kind of stuff. And then 
yes, they're in depth on Kiss. They love the same faults and silly stuff about Kiss that we love. <laughs> but mostly, I got to tell you, I love these guys because they make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great show. It's not, re- I mean, it is Kiss centric. Sure. But basically, you just, it doesn't matter what the subject matter of the week is. You just want to hear what they have to say in general because they wrap up the week, they, they read tweets. Uh, and and Facebook and email stuff that comes into them, they really created a little universe for themselves with their with the Kiss fans. And yeah, they it it's great because they are giant Kiss fans, but they are not you know the the blind you yeah, know whatever they do is frantic. Yes, correct, you know, correct. Yeah. They will call them out on stuff that they don't like, stuff that they think is crap. So yeah, it is great. And you know, honestly, it, like you said, they're the same age. We could have easily, had we gone to college with them, we could have easily been friends with them just right. as easily as anybody else that we were friends with where we went. And they're prolific, man. I mean, now look, mm-hmm. Tom suffered a horrible tragedy this year. And, and, yes. and, and you know, obviously our, our thoughts and prayers went out to him and we tried mm-hmm. to support him as best we could. And, and you know, during the holidays, you know, I just wish he and his family all the best. But other than that, they never miss a week. You know, and they also do album review crew with Sonny Pooey once a month. They also do the Zeppelin Chronicles with Jay from the Hook Rocks, our other Pantheon podcast buddy. Um, mm-hmm. They've also started a Dorn Damage show, <laughs> which they're essentially doing once a week now. I know they don't have to do it once a week. It's kind of one of those things they can do it whenever they want, and maybe it's 20 minutes or maybe it's an hour and a half, whatever. But they're not missing that much. So the guys are prolific. And they're funny. And I got to tell you, including our show, it's the only show I don't miss. It's the only show I make sure I hear every single week. And that's not because I'm dying to know their opinion of the Creatures of the Night box set. It's because <laughs> they make me laugh. They're funny guys, you know. And, and yeah, in, in a world where we live through COVID and floods and living in five different places in the course of a year, those guys make my day. Yeah, and, and the fact that, like you were saying, I mean, the amount of output that they have is is insane because I think they both have full time jobs. Oh yeah, and the one, yes, yeah, via families and everything. And um, when they were talking about being on the Kiss cruise, and then they they interviewed like every band that they liked I know. on one inter- on one show, and then they're talking about doing these three other shows and being up at four in the morning and editing. I'm like, oh my goodness! I mean, kudos to them. They they are very passionate about what they do. And that two great guys who, again, I mean, we we had never met them before. We had them on the show, and it was like we'd known them for years. Well, of course, that show uh, had uh, the Wolf Cub. My daughter Ruby <laughs> made her podcast debut, which comes on. These like yes. <laughs> Think Destroy uh, is a good album. <laughs> What's your favorite song off Love Gut? And it got them laughing. So that. That uh, that that warm my heart. I have to say that uh, the, that they um, I, I volunteered for a uh, event for the band for my son's uh, one of the football games, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just running uh, food out at the concession stand. Okay, and in the in the cooler they had ice cold mellow yellow oh my god and every time i went in there that's all i could think about was having an ice cold mellow yellow that's great that's chihuahua <laughs> anyway well hopefully you know those guys are doing great and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we can have them back on the show here uh for yeah, too long absolutely 
Now, not long after that, on show 78, we connected with someone who's actually become a dear, dear friend of the show. And that's Paul Stevenson of Vintage Rock Pod mm-hmm. uh, and This Day Rocks. Uh, Paul's kind of up in the north of England or maybe even the south of Scotland there. He has an amazing radio voice. And he has bona fide rock legends on his show every yes. week. You know, I mean, it's something like a third of his guests or something like that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, certainly a quarter of them. And the ones who aren't are in bands that you know or, or were side people to folks who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know? So fantastic guy. We were talking about Oasis on that show, like how huge the next Beatles in the UK and how uh, in America, yeah, they're just another band from the Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> yeah, great guy to talk to ton of knowledge and, and and like you said the 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 caliber of guests that he gets is ridiculous a real humble guy really nice guy and mm-hmm. i really like i mean in in addition to the the vintage rock pod i love listening to the uh this day in rock too yeah this day rocks comes out like, all right so vintage rock pod i think comes out every monday and has long form interviews with these legends on there and then tuesday through sunday he has a four to eight minute show uh, kind of talking about on this day in rock and roll history, and then he'll have a guest talk about something. And you and I have both been on as guests mm-hmm. several times uh, talking about whatever it might be. And I think uh, as this is released, this show is released, I think the same day maybe, we will be on talking about Led Zeppelin II uh, and, okay. how, and how awesome it is, but how ruined it is by American <laughs> rock radio. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. it's great to have a little check-in and and th- there's stuff that i knew stuff that i didn't know and uh just kind of to have that uh little thing to look forward to every day it's real easy to listen to and it, it it's great to be a part of it when he uh when he invites us and it's i mean look he's been huge to our show not only being a guest for letting us come on his show but when i had technical difficulties or i was in you know in harlem recording and it was hot and the fan went on and it kind of ruined my audio he cleaned mm-hmm. it up for us you know i have bad audio oh that's right yeah he can fix it uh whereas i cannot so he's he's been a huge huge resource to us and a good friend of the show and we thank you for all that you do next up show 88 sunny tony <laughs> hollywood yeah hollywood tony from growing up rock <laughs> podcast that he does with steven michael and of course, Alan Lujia Crew, Tom and Zeus. What I love about Sonny is he has, A, he has a great voice. Yeah. He knows what he likes, even though I disagree with it a lot of it, but that makes for good back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he is a little older than we are. So he has some different experiences than we do. But that, you know, the whole, he likes something that we, you know, like I say, hey, you want to talk about Pink Floyd? He's like, oh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. Pink Floyd sucks. And like, Pink Floyd sucks. What the hell are you talking about? What's wrong with you? But that's okay. You know, that stirs things up and it gets people talking. So he's, he's got a great thing going on and and he moved to Cincinnati. So I got a feeling that I might just see him at some point in 2023 because we're really far from each other. Maybe we'll go see a show together. Yeah, that yeah. would be that would be great. Yeah, real real great guy to talk to. Uh, kind of in that same uh, genre of music, it overlaps a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he you're right. What he likes, no matter what anybody says, he will die on that hill. He will die on the Richard Marks Hill. He <laughs> likes them. And and honestly, like I love that because if you can defend it, 
I'll listen to it all day. I'll listen to your opinion all day long. I might not end up liking that artist, right. but I like the fact that you're passionate about it. But like he does album review, Cream of Tom's News, he brings up a YMT. I don't know anything about YMT. So then mm-hmm. they play this stuff. They're like, yeah, you know, stuff in there. Like, it's cool. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and he's seen him a bunch, you know. So definitely would like to have him back on for sure. And then the next week, we spoke to Mike Wenban of Rare Vinyl, rarevinyl.com, who just happens to be our wonderful sponsor. And I got to tell you, I'm really proud to have them as our sponsor. Not that like having, a, you know, Tampax wouldn't be a great sponsor or something <laughs> like that. But for people who love rock music and love to collect rock records and stuff like that, Rare Vinyl has the most amazing collection of stuff where you can find the coolest stuff on there. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, when we... When I first moved to the Netherlands and I sent them, you know, the invoice, hey, please thank me for sponsorship. After a couple of months, we really only had like two uses of our code podcast. Because if you use code podcast, you can save 10% off not only your first purchase, but all of your purchases kind of going forward, which is a pretty mm. deal. Well, after a couple of months, we only had two purchases. And like it was like $117 or 117 pounds for the stuff we purchased. And like a hundred of it was maybe. Uh, so I'm like, uh-oh, this might not be working out. Well, I just talked to our uh, to the president, to the head, and he told me there have been over 110 purchases made with Code Podcast. Wow. wow. Well, whoever that is out there, thank you very much. Yeah, and you're welcome too, by the way, because you just saved 10% off all this great stuff that you might have got. And if, mm-hmm. if you've made purchases... Through rarevital.com, use that. Hey, please send it to us. Let us know what you're picking up. You know, send it to us via email, uglyamericanwerewolf at gmail.com, or do it on Twitter and share it with the world. We'd love to see what you're getting and the condition of it and, and how pleased you are with your purchases. And that's really cool. So, thank you to Rare Vital for being amazing sponsors. And thanks to everybody who continues to use that code uh, and get great discounts on music that you love. It was great to talk to Mike, just somebody, again, who who has a, a job that they're very passionate about. Yeah. And to, you know, to be able to go through and, you know, pick these records out. And we were talking to him a little bit about, you know, what are you looking for? You know, what's like the Holy Grail? And he was talking about the Beatle records that had the different, there was a different font or a different uh, label on it. And that's, right. you, know, if you can find that, that's great. But the other thing too, was I think he said he found, he was looking through somebody's collection and he had found like either uh, letters to someone, or he had found like maybe some kind of uh, adult fair that they Polaroids. were trying to hide. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something like that. So it, it just, it just proved to me that even though the, it, this was somebody's life, like you get to, you get to look through somebody had this collection, like they bought these records and they love these records. And then for whatever reason, they're giving them up. But it just, it, it showed to me that even though we've talked about it, we know about it a million times before music like that and collecting music is a very personal thing. And, and to, to be able to kind of look into somebody's life, it, it, it's pretty, it's interesting. And it, it shows you the, the relationship people have with this music. Absolutely. Yeah, totally true there. And he had an interesting life living in Japan for a while and mm-hmm. collecting all these kind of different things that he likes and finding gems that, you know, maybe you could buy for one quid or five quid that end up being worth hundreds of dollars. It's a, it's a fun hobby. I know a lot of people who listen to the show collect records and things like that. So je- definitely check out that episode number 89. Uh, and it, it did really well. I was kind of worried about it. Well, Mike Winben is, is a famous person. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we got Mike Whitman on, but 
we actually, it, I think it was the third best, third best since we moved to Simplecast, but we're not going to mm. get into Simplecast because we're moving away from Simplecast. <laughs> um, did awfully well. So I was, I was happy about it. Again, Chris from, from Rock These Sweets or My Rock and Will Heaven, he came back for number 91 to talk about the, uh, the stadium tour. But number 99, our 99th show was with Christian Swain, the founder and CEO of Pantheon Podcast, of which we are a proud member. And that was a fun conversation. Usually, Jackson, you and I have an outline pretty well what we want to talk about, and it's about a show or it's about a record or whatever. And we were just kind of riffing with him, like learning about him being an artist in LA back in the day. But really, we ended up just kind of talking about rock and roll from the 70s and stuff like that. And it was a really fun talk. Yeah, that definitely. What and we've had more than one guest like this, but definitely a guy that we could talk to for just hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. The amount of knowledge that he has, and and the the cool part about him is that he he's got a lot of knowledge, but it's not like, well, you don't know this, ha 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 ha. Like he's very he's he. It, it's like he always wants to educate people. Like you know, we we just got into talking about how. When you listen to stuff from the '60s and the '70s, you can hear how how far they advanced in recording. Right. And then I then I went back and listened to stuff from the '60s and said, "Oh yeah, like it really was leaps and bounds." But him just talking about it in a very matter of fact way, uh, a guy who's been in the business a couple of different ways as an artist and now mm-hmm. as an executive, it j- yeah, just a real wealth of knowledge and a real very humble, very cool guy to talk to. Yeah, and his rock and roll archaeology podcast is a great one to listen to. Mm-hmm. to learn about all sorts of the history of rock and roll and things like that. And so we thank Christian not only for the opportunity to to be part of Pantheon Podcast with all the resources and experience and, and things that they bring to us, but for coming on our show. And if we can have him back on, I'm sure we will. Absolutely. Uh, and then show 103 with Martin Popoff. You know, again, this is somebody who I knew before we ever, or I knew of, didn't know personally, but knew of before we ever started the show because he's written over a hundred books on <laughs> rock bands that we love. And he did Contents Under Pressure, the Rush book. And I'm so like, I know who Martin Popoff is. Turns out he's got, you know, History in Five Songs, a great podcast on mm-hmm. the Pantheon uh, network here. But I decided I wanted to do a Blue Oyster Cult show because I was supposed to go see them, of course. Did not work out. But then I figured, well, okay, I can't get can't go see the show. Maybe we can get someone who knows the lawyers to come on to the show. And sure enough, part Martin did it. Uh, and it was it was kind of a fun walkthrough. It was it was not a an album thing. It was although we did a little concentration on a couple of albums. It was more of a primer for folks. Just if you didn't know much about Lawyers Cult or you were a general fan of one or more, uh, it made a good show for it. He was very generous with his time and his knowledge. Yeah, and and I went back through and looked through the stuff that he's done uh, on the book and. Yeah, he's got some really great books, uh, either both picture books and kind of the history of stuff that mm-hmm. you maybe didn't you know, I didn't even know I wanted to know about that. But yeah, read <laughs> through it. And and I think Blue Oyster Cult is one of those bands that it's kind of a conundrum, like they should have been a lot bigger. And then we talked about that a little bit, but definitely a cool, deep cut to get into and a great guy to talk to. Yeah, super guy. And you go to martinpopoff.com. Right, and it may be a Martin Popoff, not CA too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but you can get, you can't get all of his books because some of them are out of print now. Gifts for friends, one word about certain bands, huge resource, Martin Popoff. 
go check that out and you get also that david bowie book at 75 i think it's a real kind of a fancy book you know a very nice book <laughs> to add in the collection but hopefully we're gonna have him back on next year because i know he's got like uh, a dark side of the moon at 50 book coming out and i think he's got okay. a acdc at 50 book coming out we know we're going to talk about that absolutely so but those those are the guests that we had on that you know they may not be musicians maybe they're podcasters maybe they're writers what have you but like you said we could have talked to a lot of those folks for a really long time some of them we had on a couple times and i would love to have any of them on again and hopefully next mm-hmm. year we will absolutely Hey guys, this is Ryan Condal, the executive producer, writer, creator of House of the Dragon, and you're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, and you should download and subscribe. Keep doing that. All right, so let's shift gears here a little bit. When COVID hit, not only did we have to do this show to kind of keep from going mad and to keep (laughs) in touch with another human being, but there were no live shows to go to in Mm -hmm. 2020 and 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 you know, part of 2021, you know, so uh, I had purchased thousands and thousands of dollars with the tickets that got postponed. And some of them then postponed again, a whole other year later. So some of those tickets I was holding on to for two and a half years. So 2022 came was like, okay, we can start going to concerts again. I was super deeper psyched. And so many yeah. people around the world were too, right? I think it was one of those things where like when uh, when COVID first hit, you know, Zoom got to be really big in the business world. And people said, well, you know, this will just take the place of in-person meetings. And that's not the case at all. People are dying to go out and see, you know, interact with other human beings and see live shows. I, the first one I saw was the cult that we talked about down in Orlando. And you mm-hmm. could just you could just feel the energy. It was just popping that people were just they couldn't wait to see live music again. You're absolutely right. You know, and and because so many of these things had to be rescheduled, suddenly I was look I was doing these things like back to back to back to back, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, so like, you know, this kind of stretched out. I was going to one a month, and then all of a sudden I was going to tour in one month, right? You know, yeah. so so that's the way it worked out. So, you know, look at episode 71, 73, 74, and 75 were all live reviews, you know, that, that happened boom, 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 right in a row. 71 was Genesis in the O2. Mm-hmm. And I saw the second to last Genesis concert that they're ever going to do. And I took my wife and it was a spectacle. I mean, it, you know, it's what you would expect. All the amazing, the lighting and the stage prep and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it featured the corpse of Phil Collins. I mean, I just Ooh. felt so bad. He, he is not in good shape. He still had a little bit of that Phil wit, which mm-hmm. is good. And he had people singing behind him to kind of help boost his sound. God bless him. He thinks so. Yeah. But uh, it was it was kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you, we were texting back and forth and, you know, you said, yeah, I'm at the show, but, you know, Phil looks bad. It's bad. And he, that's that's kind of the you're on either side of the fence. Like you got to see them, which was great. Mm-hmm. But it was it wasn't the most optimal way to see the artist. So you kind of go back and forth. You know, should he hang it up? Should he keep going? You know, you, you there is a whole generation of people that grew up with Genesis that would love to see Phil Collins play again these uh, play these songs again. I know. But you know, at some point in time, it, he just can't do it anymore, like physically. It, I know, I know. And look, the whole band around him was fantastic. His son Nick, that's not a nepotism yeah. gig. That guy's yeah, 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 legit. Yeah, correct. He's really good. You know, uh, I wish Lily had come out uh, just to say hello. Peter Daniel yeah. was backstage to say 
to wishing their best, you know. Uh, I saw which, that, yeah. Which was cool for him to do. But uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of checking a box a little bit. Like, honestly, I mean, look, the music was great, but poor Phil was just not up to the task. And I'm glad it's over mm-hmm. for him. But the next show, 73, was Simple Minds live at Wembley Arena, not the, not the stadium where they played soccer and football, but the arena right next door. And I tell you, that was a blast, man. That was a lot of fun. And that, that's one of those bands where you said you're going to go see Simple Minds. And I was like, Simple Minds? Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, everybody remembers them who had anything connection with the 80s. It, definitely a bigger band over there in the UK. But yeah, you going to see that show and then kind of talking about the music introduced me to a lot of songs that either I had heard a million years ago, kind of in passing, mm-hmm. or stuff that was new to me. They're a great band. The shows that I've seen like on YouTube and uh, you know different places on the internet, it always looks, they, the band is fantastic. They have a great backup singers. It just looks like a lot of fun to go see. That was great. It made a huge stage. I mean, it was it was a lot like Genesis, just maybe made it a little more pared down. That. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, over here, or I'm not, I'm not in England anymore, but in England in the 80s, called 1982, 1983, they were like, Simple Lines are U2. Like, they mm-hmm. were that yeah. big. You know, whereas in America, U2 is the biggest band ever, and Simple Minds was the band who had that song from Breakfast Club, you know? <laughs> but you know what the thing is, when I start going to shows and stuff like that, I have to figure out some, because mostly I like to go to shows either with a buddy like you or on my own. I don't mm. want to check my wife because she doesn't enjoy it that much. And if she's not having fun, right. th- then it's that I'm having less fun. But yeah. I like to find shows that would be a good date night. Like I'm not going to take her to see Iron Maiden. I'm not going <laughs> to take her to see Jeff Beck. I'm not going to take her to see Yes, because she's not going to get it. You know. But I'm like, simple bodies, oh, when I'll see, that's a good date night kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We'll go to that. Well, of course, I took her, but she'd been traveling so much and she'd been working so much, she got exhausted. So halfway through the show, she's like, I'm just going to go home. You would say, I'm just going to go home. She doesn't like to take the trains around like I did. So she went out and waited for an Uber, but it's tough to get an Uber down there. So she waited, waited, and finally got an Uber. So basically, I stayed through the whole go. I took the train home, and I got home like 10 minutes after. Oh, jeez. So she would have just stuck around for that, she wolf, but... <laughs> Sit yourself. <laughs> but another date night one that I took her to and show said before was Sting. And mm-hmm. it was Sting at the Palladium where I saw Steve Hackett. So it's not at an arena where there's like 15,000 people. This is like 2,200 people or something like that. And he did a whole week's worth of shows. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool, you know, to see him in a more intimate place. Because the last yeah. time I had seen it, well, I'd seen him with his band at a racetrack, at an arena, and at a baseball football stadium. And then I'd seen him at the old arena as a, as a solo artist. But to see someone of his stature in a theater like that was, was pretty cool. And you yeah. got to go see the cult the same week. Yes. House of Blues. And so we put those two together. Yeah, that that worked out well because we could do the one-two punch. Yeah, I I was – that was another interesting too. My wife was supposed to go with me. Our son was sick that uh, that day, so mm-hmm. she decided that she didn't. You know, we, somebody had to stay with him. Right. So I ended up going by myself, which I wasn't super excited about. But it would have been maybe one of those things where you know she was going to make me happy. Not mm-hmm. that you know she would have been super excited with the music, but to be there by myself in a what do they call it a, a general admission show right. where I could work myself down to the stage and kind of just hunker down there was a lot of fun 
that was great. The energy was off the charts that night, uh, and I was super excited to be there. They sounded great. They looked really excited to be there. I think they were. I mean, I understand that that's how they make money, right? But I think it, it. I think they also do it for the joy of just performing. So you could tell everybody was just chomping at the bit to get this show underway. Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah, yeah. Wow. That's cool. I'm so glad that you got to go see the cold after all these years again. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I'm waiting for them to announce new shows because that was right before they put out uh, Under the Midnight Sun. So I could see them coming back again to to play uh, songs off of that record. And hopefully I can see them with you. Finally fulfill the destiny we started about (laughs) 29 years ago or whenever that was. But then 75th show, Nick Mason, Saucer Full of Secrets at Royal Albert Hall. This this was a very special show. It became even more special for reasons we'll reveal here in just a little while. Mm-hmm. But it was my first ever show at Royal Albert Hall. A couple of years ago, I was supposed to go see, it was Yes, Jeff Beck, and Peter Frampton, all within okay. about nine or 10 days of each other in Royal Albert Hall. They postponed them. They postponed it again. Peter Frampton eventually canceled his show. And we'll get to Yes and Jeff Beck in a minute. But, uh, but they all kind of postponed but I lucked out. I got this chiller seat, basically sat on the stage on the side, on right next to Gary Kemp, was eight steps from Gary Kemp the whole night, and, and just saw them performing it, sitting down, basically face to face, eye level with them. And it was incredible. It was so cool to hear these old Pink Floyd pre dark side tunes and see how they did it, how they made all this magic with all their little toys and buttons and and pedals and all that stuff and that they really seem to enjoy being together now of course you know we can fast forward a little bit if you want to show 100 which is when you and i got to go together to see them in indianapolis the first show we'd seen together in 28 years which is (laughs) nuts the first show since rolling stones in tampa stadium in 1994 but it's because Pantheon Podcast sponsored their U.S. tour. And some of the bigger shows got to interview Nick. And then you and I obviously got to interview Gary and Guy, which was really special to us. But my first show ever at Royal Albert Hall, I basically sit on stage to see a member of Pink Floyd, not to mention Guy Pratt, uh, who I consider a member of Pink Floyd, uh, Mm -hmm. and doing these songs. It, It was a really special night. Yeah, and and you said that you did not realize your ticket was that good until you got there, correct? I mean, like I, you bought a ticket, you you think, oh, this would be pretty good, but then you actually sat down in the seat and said, I mean, I could touch, you could touch the stage from where you were. Oh you know, yeah, definitely. No, I, I I put my foot on the stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What happened was we were at Sting, and all of a sudden I decided I I wanted to get Nick Mason sauce full of sick. I actually it was that day before we went to Sting. Like I want to go see Nick Mason, so I I just said my to my wife. Is it okay that I go to Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets on you know this day? I think it's Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I don't know, we'll talk about it. And so I had a chance to get something about 15 or, or 16 uh, seats further, like all the same row, but like further away from the stage. Okay. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to pull the trigger. She doesn't want me to go. So I didn't do it. Then at that show that night, she's like, I don't want to go see Nick Mason. I'm like, well, I wasn't asking you to go with me. <laughs> I was asking if I can go. And she goes, oh, yeah, sure. So at Sting, I got that on my phone. I got that seat on the stage that just became available. Wow. And it was just it was just a huge, huge special night. First ever show at, uh, at Royal Albert Hall. But 
Finally, I followed that up. Show 82, we talked about going to see Yes from the Close to the Edge 50 tour. Now, when, when I first bought tickets, it wasn't supposed to be Close to the Edge. It was supposed to be Relayer. They're going to do Relayer in its oh, entire. Okay, yeah. But mm-hmm. because it had been postponed and postponed, and like suddenly it's 50 years since Close to the Edge, which was a huge album for them, they decided, okay, we'll, we'll do Relayer in 2023, and we'll do Close to the Edge 50 now. And mm-hmm. for me, that was really awesome. You know, and Roger Dean was there to introduce him. And I sat right in front of John Wetton's wife, Lisa. Uh, I got to talk to her a little bit about John and stuff that she has going on. And, and I got to see all Roger Dean's artworks. And you can see, well, behind me up here, I, I bought some of them, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so that was a cool show to be able to. Uh, and they sounded great. And to see Jeff Downs and Steve Howe together mm-hmm. as a huge yeah. Asia fan. That was a special night. Yeah, and and then that's a that's a record that really holds up, and we got to we got to uh, review that in connection with the with the show, and uh, hopefully, well, hopefully, turn some people on to that. It, that was a record that I had not I'd heard you know a couple things off of, but never in its entirety. So that was that was really good to get into that, and then to hear you uh, not only see the show but get to talk to uh, to Je- to um, to Lisa. Yeah. about uh john for a minute or two because yeah i mean all roads lead back to asia on this show that's for and sure. then, to, then to see the roger dean artwork which is a huge part of both asia and, and yes is uh, kind of the makeup mm-hmm. of their albums yeah that that was a special night absolutely no that was a lot of fun but then we kind of get into the big shows the big high park shows mm-hmm. and you know look years ago 2006, I think it was, or 2003 was the last time, no, I think it was 2006, was the last time I'd seen the Stones. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going to see the Stones uh, because I, I've seen them now. I've seen them six times in, mm-hmm. in six different places, different sets every time. It's expensive. I don't want to rapes all over America trying to track them down anymore. Yeah. Maybe if they come to my town, I'll see them, but I'm not, I'm not going overboard. I don't want to spend the money because I, I'd rather spend, you know, the money on five different concerts versus one Stones <laughs> concert, right? But when they're coming to play Hyde Park and I get general mission and I can take my daughter and I can take my wife, you know, that's a different animal, you know, that's yeah. a different beast, you know? So, so I said, come on girls, we're going to see the Stones um, and we'll walk out before the end. So we're not leaving with 80,000 other people. And it was just, it was a beautiful night, a beautiful summer night, because, you know, if I'd done that in America, it would have been 95 degrees at it was like 72 degrees. It was so nice. I put her on my shoulders for honky tonk women. Keith played, Keith played connection, mm-hmm. which, which we'd always dreamed about for 30 yeah. years, you know, seeing him do so. It was, it was such a super special night. So special that when they left to go to America <laughs> that next day, <laughs> and the Stones played Hyde Park the next weekend. I went back for part two. <laughs> and we talked about that on the show, Andy. Well, and that's what I was going to say too. You know, you said you were never going to see the Stones again. I mean, it's one thing, you know, if they're playing the I don't know Texas Motor Speedway or something, but to see them in Hyde Park, I mean, it doesn't get any more English than that. I know, I know. More than fifty years since they first played Hyde Park back in the death mm-hmm. of Brian Jones. And by the way, that first show I saw, you know, they played London over two hundred times since nineteen sixty-two, but it was the first show they played without Charlie in London. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and so that was that was a monumental thing. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, we did the show the previous year about Charlie's death, and 
what he meant to us. So he, he was special. And what's cool about the next time was I wasn't, I didn't have to worry about driving the girls around and I could find a nice little spot. And they switched up the show. You know, yeah. I mean, as far as I think it were six different songs versus, you know, the previous week. So that was worth it on its own. I think I've seen something like it was 79 different songs that you play on, on eight different shows, you know, uh, even though some of them I've seen at every show. You know, so, but also the second half of that show was not only Stone Two, but it was you at the stadium tour in Jacksonville uh, with your son in the right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the heat and then in the rain. Right. Yeah. And that was a that was a great uh experience, you know, to kind of get him into seeing live shows and and kind of getting living it through him mm -hmm. and, and seeing, you know, what to expect. It was a great show. Yeah, we we stuck it out through the rain and the the um you know, I think they had two separate rainouts that day. Oh uh, to see that to see him uh, experience that, uh, we talked about you know me not being super excited to see Poison, right. but the fact that I didn't think they were going to be there because Brett Michaels was in the he had been in the ICU twenty four hours before with COVID to see right. him out there pumping the crowd up, just a great show and a great memory to have. Uh, and and my favorite part of that was well not my favorite part but one of the favorite parts was the 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 opening act classless act mm -hmm. they said oh hey by the way you know we're playing at midnight at this club and you can get in with your ticket and we walked out of that stadium at like eleven fifty-seven. i said to my <laughs> son wait hey what do you think and he was like you are out of your mind I'm like, come <laughs> on you should be the one saying let's do this not me you should be dragging me out of here but yeah. a great night and a, and a great memory that the two of us have and we would have back in the day you know it <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah that's awesome and then yeah i mean then the third bsp summertime in hyde park was duran duran you know mm -hmm. and i i actually bought tickets for all three of us but i think my wife was wiped out from, from running around america for a couple of weeks yeah. so my daughter went with me and we had a good time just the two of us just hanging out and seeing duran duran i've always wanted to see duran duran for the longest time yeah I mean, since we were little kids and so to be able to see them, now look, I'd love to see them again, maybe in an arena or a theater or something like that, something a little more intimate with better sight lines and better sound. But mm -hmm. it was a fun night, just me and my daughter, and, and hopefully we'll have some more of those to come here soon. Yeah, absolutely. And Duran Duran's one of those bands where, you know, we talked, we did a whole show on them, uh, I think it was probably last year. Yeah. You know, it, we were huge fans as younger kids you know with mtv and then you know we got to college and it was I like them what are you talking about but then you're like no i really like them they, yeah they're a great are band great. Yeah. they got great songs and and like you said they, they're still bringing it in 2022 yeah good for them i'm glad they still are and actually it was it was funny because we, we were in the car and something you know save a prayer or something comes on and my son says yeah duran duran are they are they still around like they're playing hyde park Right. Uh, over the summer so yeah they're still there still doing it still doing it yeah. yeah absolutely and then show 90 jeff beck and johnny Depp live yeah i saw them at royal Howard hall that was one we kind of put in the can for a little while mm -hmm. uh, you know and then because we do that we sometimes we save shows to have one just in case something comes up and we can't put a show out one week for one that one reason or another so we did that we, we did the live review but we also reviewed the album 18 which was not out at the time of the show. So it was kind right. of cool that you know, we, we kind of waited so we could kind of do both. Bottom line is Jeff Beck is a legend and Johnny Depp is, as a musician is one hell of a actor. 
<laughs> and that was it. And I think you saw that show right kind of at the beginning of that, like where it was more, he was more of a guest star. Like you didn't mm-hmm. really know that this album was coming out. So it was still kind of a uh, novelty deal. Yeah. It, it, I'm glad that he gets that Deb gets to pursue his other passion, but yeah, I, I, I would, it, it would be interesting to see Jeff Beck's take on that. Like when nobody else was around, like Jeff, come over here, tell me <laughs> just between you and me, what's, what's going on here? Like exactly. really. <laughs> exactly. Jeff Beck, Look, Jeff can guy. sing and he can play the guitar, but mm-hmm. doesn't mean he should be in a band with Jeff Beck. Are you kidding me? Correct. Correct. And and Jeff Beck is another guy uh, who should have been much bigger in the United States. Kind of a kind of an odd guy, never really stuck to one style. Right. And very, very eclectic. So I think that that kind of definitely hurt him commercially. But you go back and listen to those records and he's just he he is up there with the greats. Maybe maybe one of the greatest that's ever picked up a Stratocaster. Absolutely. In him, too. I mean, like David Gilmore would say. I've tried. I've tried to make sounds on the strat. I guess yeah. the way Jeff does it, I can't do it. And like he knows his way around the strat. You know, he's not some rookie. Okay, he, he, if he can't do it, no one teach it. The, there was an interview that that Depp and Beck did. I think it was for Sirius or something. I don't know. And and Johnny mentioned something about how you know Jimi Hendrix said that you know Jeff Beck was his inspiration or something. And you know, of course, Beck says no, no, no. You know, come on. Jimi Hendrix, but uh, you know, you never know. I mean, I think he's he was that influential of a player. Uh, when you really go back and look at everything that he's done, deserves more credit uh, than what he gets here. That's for sure. And then, yes, our, our 100th show, you and me in Indianapolis together. Nick Mason, Saucer Full of Secrets, working the, the booth for Pantheon, reading Heather, our contest winner, who, who mm-hmm. won front row seats, which how cool is that? to help someone's dream like that come true. A little bit of a planes, trains, and automobiles situation <laughs> for me to get there. <laughs> but fate would not prevent us from getting together for that show. Correct. And uh, and I'm just, I'm just glad that we got to be with together. And, and the thing was, you had seen them in Royal Albert. We got to interview Gary and Guy mm-hmm. before the show. And so I, I was standing there, I remember at the at the booth, you know, kind of talking to people, talking to the 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 guy uh who worked the VIP for the band and thinking to myself, oh man, you know, I hope this I'm hyping this up in my head. I hope this doesn't disappoint me. Did not disappoint at all. Show cool. blew oh, me away. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I would have gone to see them the next night again had we had the opportunity. It was just it was phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. So and now I don't know if they're going to tour anymore. Is Nick done yeah. now? You know, I mean, I know they wanted to do it since COVID, and now they've done their two tours. Is Nick going to go back to the, you know, back to the farm and hang out with the grandkids? You know, mm-hmm. he never had to do it for money. He just right. He wanted to go out there and do it, honor those songs, and get out and play a little bit. So who knows? I mean, I, yeah, I hope he does. But if that if that's it, I'm glad we got to see it, got to see it together, and uh, and do a show about that, and get to talk to the guys in the band.
right, folks. Well, that's part one of 2022 in review on the ugly American werewolf in London. Wanted to break it up for you guys. You know, we could have done two, two and a half hours, but we figured we want to give everyone their due. And we're so proud to have all of our podcasters and journalist guests on the show. And we're so happy to be able to go to live shows again. We wanted to go over each one, give it its own little time and remembrance because it was just great. It was after two years locked up, after two years of waiting for some shows to happen, just so psyched to be able to see live music again and for Jax and I to see live music together for the first time in almost three decades. So next week, we're going to go into the artists that we had on. And this was really something that made us proud, to be perfectly honest with you. When we started this show, you know, we're amateurs at this. We don't know anything about podcasting. We don't know anything about social media. We don't know a whole lot about technology. And we don't have any reputation in the industry to say, hey, we want Rock and Roll Hall of Famers on our show. But slowly and surely, you know, we work the channels to get people on who we really wanted to talk to. And we're really proud of the interviews that we did in 2022. And hopefully there will be a lot more of those to come in 2023. So tune in next week. You get to hear about the artists we interviewed like Deborah Bonham and Peter Bullock, like Jeff Downs and Carl Palmer of Asia, like Steve Hackett and Amanda Lehman of his band, like legendary Chris Slade, like Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp of Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. Going to be a fun show, and Jax and I had a really fun time remembering these conversations, the questions we asked, and the laughs we had on the show. So as usual, folks, we want to know, do we get something right? Do we get something wrong? Do we miss the point? Do we leave out your favorite part? You have got to let us know. You email us, uglyamericanwerewolf at gmail.com. You can tweet us at ugly underscore werewolf or at actionjack72. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Come find us. Come let us know the rock and roll bands, albums, movies, concerts, books, whatever. What do you want to hear us talk about? And thanks, as always, to our friends at Pantheon Pods. You can check out all the podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com or at Pantheon Pods. And, of course, a very special thanks to our sponsor, rarevinyl.com, where if you use the code PODCAST, you can get 10% off not only your first order, but every order you make with them over time. Definitely check out rarevinyl.com to find the thing that your collection is missing. So I hope everyone had a good 2022, and I hope you have a great 2023. We've got big plans for the show, and we've got a lot of stuff happening in our lives. So everyone get a little rest, have a little fun, listen to some rock and roll music. And to all of you rock and rollers all around the world, be cool and stay safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.